1: Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto.
0: This is the sound of the faucet dripping in the bathtub. This is the sound of the faucet dripping in the bathtub. <laughs> Sound of the faucet dripping in the bathtub. This is the sound of the faucet dripping in the bathtub. Bathtub.
1: But somewhere I got it in my brain that like that was affecting even Columbia, where you think it would be the more experimentally minded people would be encouraged or something. That it had become more commercialized. I don't remember exactly how that played out. Thank you. But um, but yeah, I remember uh, uh, that would have been my go-to. You know, if I'd studied film, I would have gone to Columbia. That liked, was the only school to... that
0: I knew of at the time. I might have heard about AFI or something else kind of out there on the outskirts. Um, but my cousin at the time, he, he was going to Columbia College, and he, uh, one time my, my family was over there, and uh, he had my brother and I, we bought these, like, sort of like, uh, he's like, I want to shoot a movie with you guys. He's like, I'm going to Columbia, I got the super eight millimeter camera, let's go shoot over in the woods. He's like, I want to do this sort of like post-apocalyptic thing. And uh, we went up to the thrift store, and he got this Benji t-shirt, and he burnt some holes in it. And then they spiked up my hair all crazy and weird, and they had this old bow and arrow, and my brother, um, same thing for him. And I remember we shot this footage of us walking in through the woods. And then me seeing something, and me pulling my bow. And that was the only footage that we had shot. And... And that was my introduction. It's crazy, I had not thought about that in a long this time. But that was my introduction to Columbia College. And at that young age, I might have only been nine or something, ten, that was the first school and the only school I'd ever heard of. And so from that, from that age, I dreamt of going to, to Columbia. Because I thought, ooh, it sounds like such a fun, a fun playful place. I was going to major in art. I was going to take some film classes. And then that's when I got into acting. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll, I'll get into acting at Columbia instead and still do art and uh, so it's so crazy that you did have those ideas of wanting to go to Columbia you didn't go to Columbia here's this Bolex camera from Columbia dude I can't wait to see what kind of crazy stuff you'll
1: create on that man. oh man yeah, thank you so much it's amazing I mean it's it does it feels kind of like a crazy full circle oh yeah full circle journey yeah dude um, and I mean it's it's
0: interesting because it's almost like it's like a weird poetic callback you know, to, 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 to your younger self, in addition to a celebration in going forward on your brand new chapter of spending all that time on working on Before the End. And now you're at these final things where, you know, there
1: it is. It's going to get out there in the world. Yeah. It's, it's my, I mean, we're talking like 30, what was that, 33 years ago, you know, 1986. <laughs> That's a long, 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 long wow. time, ago, you know. But that's when I was first entertaining that, and then um, before you know it, I, I moved out here uh, in '88 for the first time. I think I told you all that a long time ago. Then I went back to Chicago and lived there for years. I came back out again, and you know, until I finally made it stick out, out here, being California. You know, um,
0: you know. I never asked you what was your first David Lynch film project that you first came across?
1: I think, I want to say the first thing I saw was uh, Blue Velvet. I know I know, I saw it in the theater in Oakbrook. I think it was Oakbrook, Illinois. And I remember it just, I mean, you know, people use the term game changer or whatever. I mean, I don't even have the word. You know, it just blew me away. Blew my mind. <laughs> Was Was it the trailer that drew you there or something you overheard someone say? Do you remember? I remember it just being in the ether, you know, like in the zeitgeist. Um, And I don't know if it's so long ago. I don't know if I had seen a trailer or not. But but yeah, that, and that, as I recall, my God, I should know that. I looked that up. I think Blue Velvet came out in 86, didn't it? We were just talking about 1986. Wow. When I was at uh, College of DuPage. Wow. Blue. Can I look it up here. Yep, yeah, 1986 film. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that was like a magic year. Apparently, stuff going on. Well, At least for me. And uh, yeah, I saw I saw that movie, and then I went and saw it again, and I was just like, holy shit. And then it was a short leap to you know Twin Peaks three years later. Um, and in the interim, I started devouring everything, like you know, a Racerhead. I remember I actually owned a racer head on VHS, you know, back in the day, like stuff like that. And uh, I think I had to pay some crazy amount of money for it because it wasn't like your... I don't know if it was a bootleg or... Like a good Japanese import or, or something some like import, that? Or, yeah, yeah. Or it might have been an import. Um, what from, treasures, huh? From it's the U.K. A, or something, oh yeah. But I remember having this, and it was like one of my prized oh. possessions, my, my VHS copy of Eraserhead. Oh, I was like, oh, if there's ever a fire. Uh, <laughs> grab yeah. the cat and uh, <laughs> uh, grab the Eraserhead DVD, or uh, VHS, excuse me. And uh, <laughs> But yeah, I just I started devouring everything. Um uh, the Elephant Man. I remember going back and checking that out, and uh, just incredible. I mean, the, the and Twin Peaks. I mean, just you think you, he's changed the rules of everything, and then he went and did it again with TV. You know, like again using that term game changer. That he changed the whole industry, really. I think that was the beginning, and, and probably people could argue. You know, ah, oh, well, it was da 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 before that. Twin Peaks, but I think Twin Peaks is, is like raised the bar so high that that was like the first, you know, hugely significant inroad into what we now all know as like TV. That TV is mm. just as respected a medium as film, you know, or, or literature or whatever.
0: Um, so it seems like David Lynch showed the first signs of that kind of respect. Yeah,
1: right. right? He was the one who
0: you bowed and head "And he goes,
1: I respect you enough to give you this kind of quality." <laughs> I'm going to raise the bar <laughs> to the moon, you know? Like, and yeah. it did, because at that time, as he said, like, TV was sort of mocked, you know? And TV was just, like, a quick buck for, like, celebrities to be like, yeah, all right, fine, I'll appear on Fantasy Island, you know? I'll yeah, it seemed like a, no- like a
0: novelty yeah. kind of like, yeah, sure, what the hell, I'll make a guest appearance on Batman for a date. I, re- I
1: remember, like, serious, I don't know where I saw that, but, like, back in the day, you know, there was that whole, there was that, that vibe, like, serious actors... Actors, You know, would never, never do television. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Which is just so funny now. It seems so yeah, antiquated. Yeah. But I think Lynch was the first, you know, divining rod for that. With uh, Twin Peaks. The, or the original Twin Peaks. It's amazing.
0: It's
1: amazing to see how many people he had rooting for him.
0: As I'm reading this biography, I mean... Like, he was talking about how he started making this little team of these people. He had an in-house editor. He had an in-house, like... Just so many people just ready and willing to just create stuff with him
1: oh man yeah he had his own motley crew all those people who hung with him for all those years through Eraserhead including the log lady herself right and uh, Jack Nance I mean Captain. I love Bolson, him for brought Jack his crew Nance. with him I mean that was just so cool and then he gave him like points in the film yep. you know and as a big surprise He's yeah. They don't make him like that anymore. I don't know if they ever made him like that before him. <laughs> he's an anomaly, maybe. But it's just so good to know he's, he's done it, and he's still out there. And now, will he ever make Ronnie Rocket? Mm. You know, I was sitting there thinking, since Michael J. Anderson
0: m- might probably not be Ronnie Rocket, um, as originally planned, I was thinking Kristoff... Since, you know, little Spike the Ike, Ike the Spike. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he could possibly take
1: the... That's a great call. Take the... Take the rain. Yeah, I could see that. Ronnie Rocket. Finally. <laughs> and with one saliva bubble,
0: he said everything was in place, and then Dino's company went bankrupt or something. They lost all that money. And they, they were... He was planning on having Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short
1: be in it. And I'm
0: like... Dude, my future billionaire self is funding that movie. Oh, God. That's... I would just love to be able to say, Dave Lynch, how much money do you think it would cost to make this? You just tell me, I'll give you that amount of money. We'll be in your bank tomorrow. You know, you just tell me, you know, <laughs> how much would it cost to make this movie? Bam. I mean, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, think about this. Some of these billionaires out there, like, I'm sure s- at least a tiny portion of them get ideas for movies. Like a few, like you'd think. Like, okay, here's my idea book of all my ideas. I'm gonna turn all thirty of these ideas into movies. I'm just gonna fund. We're gonna get little teams together for each of these projects, fund them all, and have them all get made. Wouldn't that be crazy if you saw like a hundred movies uh, come out in a year, and they're all from the same company? You know, a hundred movies. Like, let's say if you let's say if you give them only. Uh, $500,000 budget You know Here you go Here you go ahead, bam Create these things Knock them out
1: Yeah Dude that would be nuts You know what movie I'd like to see I'd like to see A movie uh, Adaptation of Lynch's biography Room to Dream Ooh That would be good That would be good Right Oh my god Yeah Could you imagine that Like Lynch's life story As a film how incredible would that be I don't know who you could ever get to play David Lynch that would be a oh my God. tough nut to crack maybe impossible I don't know but anyway that, 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 that's the best biography I've ever read of anybody and I've read some amazing biographies over the years <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Kyle played David Lynch Oh in, my in, god. His, in his later oh, years yeah, You know yeah. so
0: it's like Maybe we find okay. some younger
1: actor For the younger and then, well, Yeah that's and then a great call the Because they like always said He was sort of a stand in Right Like yeah. quote unquote Stand in for Lynch On Twin Peaks And he would know Just how to act like him his too the personality and Yeah That's a great call Yeah my god For the older Yeah the adult Lynch Yeah That's amazing I never thought of that Like he Cal
0: McClellan could play The David Lynch Who's directing Twin Peaks oh, wait Oh Kyle's probably much older than Dave Lynch was when he first started doing Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. How do you think So Kyle Blackland's age now, is that the age that Twin Peaks was
1: when he did like Inland Empire, you think? I was gonna say yeah, maybe somewhere in there, mm, right? Mm. I think I th- wanna say Kyle's uh, not ten years older than me, but maybe six or seven years old. Well, let's go to the tape. Once
0: we put prosthetics on Joaquin
1: Phoenix, you know. <laughs>
0: the joker yeah did you see did you have to see those photos of john malkovich as as the joker no dude they were awesome he looks like an awesome joker and they made him look more of like the jack nicholson joker
1: oh wow yeah check this out and his mouth was like huge black looked it up real quick oh so mclaughlin i forgot he shares my birthday Dude! We were both born on what? February 22nd. Dude! But he was born in 59. So he's eight years older than me. So he's 59 years old. So he would have to play Lynch as, yeah, sort of the latter era Lynch. But certainly for the return, he could be the, right, the Lynch of the return. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> Talking about Dougie and yeah, everybody. like like, like, the like spinning the, it all. Dude, it would be. Infinite vortex.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Because, you know... Lynch is so good with the with the doppelgangers and like other na- like other people sharing the same names or close to those names, yeah. and then people who look like other people. It's, so you could totally do that same kind of weird thing with his biography. Oh, you know, maybe God, the same God. woman who plays his mom growing up is the same woman who plays his girlfriend. You know, or, or whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> later on in life or something, or, or his next door neighbor or something. Yeah. Like, Wait, I recognize that lady. Oh, she played
1: his mom. Just to just to tie it all together. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. I never, I never thought of that. That's such a, a great take you had on that. Kyle McLaughlin yeah. playing David He's that. so funny. They both have that hair, the, you know, it's like, it's really kind of perfect.
0: I, I you know, I was reading there, was, uh, Timmy Robertson was talking about how she'd walk up to Lynch and she'd ask him kindly if she could feel his hair. And oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, do you feel
1: his hair? Do you feel <laughs> everything in there? She's like, you feel God. You feel yeah, God in yeah. his hair. That was a great quote. I remember oh, that. Oh, my God. Um, I bet you. I bet you. McLaughlin does like the, the, most, I, that's the I greatest thinking. lynch impression ever. He does. Who better? Who better?
0: Who would know? Kale. Kale. We're gonna need a little more wind.
1: A <laughs> right? little more. Wi- give it a little more wind, Kale. Okay. I just feel it's gonna be a tremendous day. A yes. Tremendous day on set. Oh my God. That's that's awesome. You know, I would pay to see that. Let's put it that way.
0: I want you to play this part like the morning dew on a leaf, on a mountain in Spokane. <laughs> and action! Actually, it's him with this. He's got the megaphone, right? He's like, and action! Because
1: he, because I hear he's on set and he's got the. He's oh got yeah. the megaphone. He's, he's right old school here. with the megaphone. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I don't even know if people use megaphones anymore, but I know he does. He always has. Thankfully. But oh my god, I'd love to to imagine McLaughlin's face, his expressions, when Lynch is asking him, you know, (laughs) play it like the morning dew. You know he just totally goes with it, because he has some sort of incredible, you know, uh, transcendent connection with Lynch.
0: Well, what Kenny was saying in there is that, or one of them was saying that Lynch comes out of his meditation, you know, and then he directs the scenes, and I'm like, oh my god, that's Andy Kaufman. Like you see on him on those talk shows. He's got that faraway gaze in his eyes. Well, that's because he just came back from 25 minutes of meditation. You know, so it's like they're coming into it with that calmness. And just imagine that. So you're with the meditation, you're bringing both sides of the hemisphere of your brain together. And in that CIA document about the Gateway uh, experience, it talks about what they discovered in there is that you know, that left side, the analytical side, is the gatekeeper, obviously. You know, these are things we've learned. You know, the left side is the analytical side, the right side is the imagination side. The imagination is always going to say yes, that's cool, that's fun, that's imagination. The analytical side is the gatekeeper with their arms crossed going, ah, I don't know, is that practical? So as long as the gatekeeper says yes, it's all clear. It's already yes on the side of the imagination side. But it's got to get past that gatekeeper. So through meditation, through the hemisync at um, the Monroe Institute, you know the whole gateway experience. You blend those minds together. Now it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. You get, you get, you come right out of meditation. Your brain, it's all working together. All hemispheres, they're all playing together. All playing together, and then now you're directing the scene. Or now you're on a talk show talking. And no wonder so many of those ideas are just right there at the forefront of their brains. Because it's just right there. It's available. They're not getting nervous. They're not trying to search for the answer. It's right there. It's so interesting the more that I see parallels. You know, when you think about that whole tra- the whole transcendental meditation... And you see the parallels between Andy and, and Lynch. That might be an interesting book. I don't know how long that book would actually be, but the, the, the commonalities between Andy Kaufman and Dave Lynch and the way that Transcendental Meditation, you know, has has worked throughout throughout their lives, they're just as equally confounding, you know, to their audiences.
1: Oh, yeah. They're yeah. so
0: intent on creating their, this, pers- this... You know, it's not even like they're forcing anything. It's not even like they're going... I'm setting out to do carve this path. They're just, they're just carving the path. It's like they're like, I hear something. I'm gonna go walk over there.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. That, uh, I always forget they have that TM connection. Andy and uh, and, and David. Yeah. interesting. Did you ever get into the TM? I never, I never did. A friend of mine told
0: me. Um, What David Lynch basically has taught TM through a lot of the interviews, really, that that we've learned from him. One of the big things is... uh, So my friend taught me TM. She taught me the basis of it and everything. We didn't go through any exercises. But the thing she told me, which is I'm just going to... It's exactly the stuff that David Lynch had talked about, which is... um, you know, there's, there's an ocean of consciousness. When you're near the top, things are wavy, things are splashy, things are crazy. When you dive deeper and you dive deeper and you dive deeper, it's calm. And you get into the base of all, you know, just the consciousness of just kind of all that is. And you're, you're residing right there at the core. It's like going into the, going into the core and just being right there. And uh, so... She told me that the way that TM works, and the, and the TM people, you know, are probably going to deny this, but she told me she took a class, she paid like 3000 bucks. it was like three or four classes she took. You know, when you breathe deep, and there's a specific mantra that they whisper in your ear that they say is specific to you. Sure. That you just whisper that word, it could be absolutely any word, any word. The point is that it's not a word that you have any some sort of association with. I advise it to uh, "jibjup." It really doesn't. It's just kind of a word jip jup. You know, so you just kind of say that over and over in your brain, and it's just it's just a word that's. You don't necessarily have to chant it out loud. You don't even have to chant it in your brain. But it's just a. It's the barometer for, sort of that, in a sense, that anchor to that calmness. So anytime you find your mind wandering, you go, jeep you You know, and you just go, okay, now I'm back in line again. So it's it's just this little basic little nudging, this word that just kinda of takes you right back in there. Now one of the things that she was telling me that uh, probably the TM people will will deny, but she said that um, she talked to a friend. Well, okay, so she went to the thing woman whispered her, her mantra in her ear. She talked to a friend of hers, and her friend goes, oh, did you know that you can find those mantras online? They only base your mantra off of what your birth date is and how old you are now. So however old you are now, whatever your birth date is now, there are specific words that fit within those p- specific birth dates or what have you. Um they want to make it sound it's a mystical thing like it just kind of came to them out of the ether and they're going to give it to you but really it's kind of based on your birth date and whatnot so uh, so my friend she looked looked up online she's like okay you know she's telling me all the different ones and uh, so that's kind of like the kind of what TM is so to make a long story longer um, I have utilized it Uh, on a few occasions I can say I did feel more energized
1: really? yeah
0: Yeah, like it's tricky to do it in the morning because you know they say do it in the morning and then do it before you before you fall asleep for like 20 minutes and you know folks look at that as a waste of time like oh geez I don't have 20 minutes of my day however that 20 minutes that we spend in that meditative mode makes up for all of all of the the illusion that we might have in our the illusions that we might have in our minds that all of the other tasks that we have to do throughout the day will take longer than they actually will if that makes sense so we might think in our brains oh gosh I've got all these tasks I've got to do and oh gosh it's going to take me all day to do these really it's not going to take you all day to do those it's going to the reason why it's to, it might take it feels like it'll take all day is because you're thinking you're thinking too much about them rather than actually doing that you know kind of thing so when you the idea is that when you do the meditation it's like it's sort of a streamlined way of being able to, you know, just get knocked stuff out of the ballpark. Being calm, without worrying. Um, you know, you like in that that Dave Lynch book that talks about how he's just calm all the time,
1: That's amazing.
0: and he's just he doesn't get angry, doesn't flip out. When he comes back from
1: the TM, he's shining, and everybody else feels that shine. Yeah. Oh, I've done deep breathing for years. You know, like uh, now and then I'll just lay down, and which obviously is a like, Form, you know, basic form of meditation, and that's always helped. You know, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. You know, just sort of regulate your your breath. Um, goes back to that old that old joke. Oh, remember to breathe. You know what I mean? Because you get so caught up in your your stress or your anxiety that you, your breath becomes like stunted. Or you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think anything anything that can help in that regard is is uh, positive. But yeah, for Lynch, I mean that's like a that's like a way of life for him, and I guess it was for Andy. Uh, is, is the jury out? Because you know.
0: I guess ultimately we don't want to feel frenzied. We don't want to feel anxious, you know. So either, you know, whether it's a pill or whether it's um, CBD oil, whether it's you know any of those aspects. That might help us get back to that calm state of mind. We're not going. Ah, I feel like I'm losing my bearings all the time. You know. Oh gosh, what are those terrible things here? You know, where <laughs> our mind. You know, just like that phrase: whatever is unknown is magnified. Like, like, uh, like he did. Like Uncle on the Uncle Andy show. Whatever is unknown is magnified. I just love that. It's just such one of my favorite quotes, and it's just such a kick-ass one. Because whether it's good, whether it's bad, whatever's unknown isn't magnified, you know? If you're, if you, someone tells you, we're going to give you a million dollars to complete this project, okay, you're going, ooh, and you're magnifying in this direction of going, whoa, here are all the cool things of what could be. Whatever it is, it's being magnified. Did you, did you be getting bigger? If we go, uh-oh, it looks like you won't be able to make rent this month, whatever, you know, you're like, oh, gosh, what if I uh, if I can't make it, blah, 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 you know, and whatever you... Whatever you don't know, it's gonna magnify. So you can go down down that path too. So it's it's interesting how we get kind of have that choice choice. And I think what it sounds like with that TM, it gets you, it
1: gets you on a nice balanced, you know, it gets you nice and. You know. That's I think that's the <clears throat> the key word balance. You know, like if you can strike a balance. Um, weren't you and I talking about that when when we got in the car today? Balance. The balance. Out, oh right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can choose to see it as lopsided, or you can choose yeah. to see it as. Balance, right? right? Or maybe balance in, in in the act of balance, balance in motion. I don't know. Then you get into the whole you know glass half empty, glass half full. Or is it just a glass, and it's all in how you hold the glass? <laughs> when you hold the glass, why you hold the glass? Da, 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 da. I don't know. Or is it a plastic Solo cup? <laughs>
0: Is so true. A plastic Solo cup.
1: <laughs> One of those red ones. You know.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, you know, if they played their cards right, they'd actually print pictures of Han Solo on those Solo cups. If they, if <laughs> like, if they really knew what they were doing. Let's just say, if I was in charge of the company, I'd be doing that. I, I wonder if they mean, have done that. We gotta put Han Solo on these cups. That's all there is to it.
1: Yeah. If you know, or print it
0: on the inside. See, that's something you don't ever see, is a cool print on the inside of the cup. Because, yeah. you know, while you're drinking, you're like, oh, look at that, what a surprise. There's Han Solo <laughs> looking at me. peek You know, hey, guys. That might be cool. Imagine that, start making a company where you print stuff on the inside of the cup. Ka-ching. Ka-ching.
1: <laughs> on the outside, it looks like a regular mug, but really, oh. Yeah. You put uh, quotes from David Lynch on the inside. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, dude! So like a coffee cup
0: that looks like it's in the shape of a log, or maybe like in the shape of like um uh uh, uh, uh. um. God, what would be another? Oh, maybe maybe the white horse—a mug that's in the shape of the white horse, and then on the inside you see
1: the you see the quotes. You know, the white of the eyes, the soul of the thing, and the. <laughs> a, a coffee mug that's in the shape yeah. of a uh, uh, brie. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, in the shape of the baguette. Brie in a baguette. Yeah. Right? Half-eaten baguette.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half-eaten baguette,
1: yeah. Uh, it could be in the shape of the little man from another play. Oh, a donut, of course. A donut? Ooh, coffee. there you go. Oh, coffee cup in the shape of a donut. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Or a stack of donuts. A like stack of donuts. Oh, dude, yeah, right? a stack of donuts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then another donut inverted on the side oh, from the damn. handle, like half a donut.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, a coffee cup and
1: a small scale version of the owl cave. <laughs> the entire owl cave. A coffee cup that is uh, Glastonbury grown. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the oily, the oily uh, it would, yeah. it would go right along with it. I would like uh, some uh, some oil. Yeah. In my cup. Yeah. Some Java. Java. But yeah, you could have a little Lynch quote in the bottom of each cup. Oh my God. Or mug or yeah. whatever. You, oh, know, you yeah. look down there. You get to the bottom of your coffee and there's the words of David Lynch oh, yeah. appearing before you. I think that would sell. Dude. I think all of that would sell. But then you know.
0: Now what I'm thinking is I'm getting visions of almost kind of like an eight ball but maybe we could call it the eight octagon and maybe inside it's a little thing that's just got a series of little David Lynch quotes on it as well. <laughs> you know? Or quotes from Coop. I love it.
1: <gasps> Dude,
0: I've never seen... Dude, what if what if there's one that had a, a bunch of different little things in there that had little quotes on it? So, you never know, like, instead of just one thing that has only like three or four different answers on oh, it. Oh, like you gotta, random? Yeah, yeah. so you, you're, you're doop, 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 and something floats to the top and says, uh, this must be where where pies go when they die. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like maybe you ask him for, maybe something where you ask, dude, you could totally do that with the log right like a match eight ball but with the log because the log tells you wisdom that could be pretty cool so it's got like a it's little got like spinner. yeah. So spinner? You, yeah. you, it's got the liquid in there and, you go, you know, and then right there maybe there's like a little window <laughs> where the knot would be and then and then a little <laughs> thing floats up and it tells you something I
1: think you need to get a hold of Lynch's people yeah <laughs> that could be pretty amazing
0: that Dougie that you gave me is just so great. I just love it. He's just sitting there in my living room, and he's got the yeah, Santa hat on. the family
1: there. now, right?
0: Yeah. He's just right there in the living room. <laughs> it's so great.
1: <laughs> well, I knew, I knew when I, when I was like, well, I don't have room for Dougie. There wasn't even a thought. I'm like, he's going to Kurt. Boom. That was when I moved last summer. God, I can't believe that was last summer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Have you unpacked everything yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it, but then uh, it reached a point where I was like, eh, "I'll just wait till the next move, going out to uh, the desert." Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all the major stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of stuff anymore. I got rid of so much stuff in that move. It felt very wow cathartic. Yeah. Donated a lot. Have
0: you been doing art? Have you been painting or anything lately?
1: Uh, no. No, I've been working on. Uh, uh, well, the secret secret mystery project. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I'm... <laughs> oh, that's good. Is it pretty cool? Is it, is it a lot of fun? It's fun. Like, I, to, be, to be in that I don't mean, to be, don't mean to be coy about it. Oh, uh, I'll find out soon enough. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, as of this recording, I can't really uh, go into detail on yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been uh, doing a deep dive on that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny you mention that, because when uh, my girlfriend and I moved though. to the desert... I really want to get back into that. Get back into, you know, hopefully doing collage. Well, because my dream is,
0: my my prophetic vision is that BTE is going to be your, you know, uh, passive income stream. And it's going to enable you to... You know, like David Lynch, man. He could sit there in his workshop and just paint all day and do what he wants because he's already got... You know, money's being generated. People are watching Eraserhead. People are watching Twin Peaks. He's living the dream, yeah. He's getting those residuals and...
1: I think of him often when I'm on Mulholland. I picture him in his his home workshop, painting away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just such a wonderful thought, you know, inspiring. So, yeah, I'm hoping to have just a little room and... Heidi's in my... uh, House out there, uh, a little dedicated uh, studio, you know, a little art studio. Make music out there, paint, collage, uh, do deep breathing, you know, all the stuff. Some of it simultaneously.
0: Did I tell you I've been painting more? Did I tell you about that? Are you? No. That's I, all got, I? I got it because uh, Ryan wants me to paint, and he's painting some too, a series of paintings for my character. And, uh So I've got, um, did we talk about Hellier yet or no? Did I send you a link to it? I don't think so. I've been thinking a lot about, okay, so there's a free YouTube 5 docu-series called Hellier. And this guy and his wife, they're like a real-life X-Files team. They go out and they investigate all kind of cryptozoology. they got their own traveling museum of curiosities. Um, she does tarot readings. They use, you know, all the great paranormal stuff. And one day, so the name of their company is like Planet Weird or something. And one day they get an email from a guy who lives in Hellier, Kentucky. And he said, I just moved here recently. Um, and... I'm getting tormented by these goblins that live in the mines, that live in the caves, and are and they're, and it's frightening me. And can you please come out and get rid of these things? And the guy, uh, I think his name's Greg. He, he writes back to the to this guy uh, Daniel or whatever. He says, Daniel, I, you know, how do I even know this is real? Maybe you got to give me some kind of pictures or something. So then the guy sends back another email, and you see pictures of three-toed little footprints running through the mud. And he goes here. Here's, you know, here's some evidence. And uh, and uh, Greg's like he's like, okay, cool. Do you have any pictures of these things? You know, I want to see what they look like. And okay, so then i you know, then we'll talk about the stuff. I'll try to get a team together, or whatever. So then months pass. He didn't hear anything from the guy. And then uh, the the guy Dan emails him back. He goes, oh my gosh. He's like, sorry, I had to leave the area that I was living at. It got really bad with those things. He goes. I'll send you. I'll try to take some photos of this thing because they're back. They found me. They're, they're after.
1: You know, they're,
0: they're bothering me. So he sends like four or five blurry photos, and one of them is like a picture of like what looks like the corner of a head, like peeking out from behind a tree with like a, a like a head and a shoulder kind of peeking out from a tree. So this guy, Greg, and his wife, they're like, okay, let's go. So they go out to Kentucky, and they're interviewing people about this. You know, and they're like, look, do do you know of anything like this? Do you know of this guy Dan? You know, have you ever heard of him or any of this stuff? So they're trying to figure out good answers. And a lot of these people were very uh, excited to share their stories of saying, oh, yeah, I have those things on my property all the time. Oh, yeah, my uncle has pictures of that. So they were getting all this, you know, all these leads and stuff. Um, But anyway, it's a very fascinating story and they they do some really interesting experiments and you're like what the heck they started shooting that in 2012 they just released it at the end of, of January oh really so so you can imagine you know how long you know say just like with you with the creation of like come on let's get this thing done already or me with Bloody Bobby come on let's get this thing these people went through all that and they go they go <clears> they <throat> go Hellier is just the tip of the iceberg. They said, we found so much more. They go, it's gotten even crazier. So, uh, you know, they're trying to raise, uh, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. So, because of that, it started getting me thinking, you know, I started doing this whole series of these goblin paintings. So I've been painting, so I got like, probably four paintings of like these goblins that I just started painting. Um, and another couple that aren't goblins, one of, like, a fallen angel, you know, fell from this really dark sky, and then, uh, uh, like, this, like, this creature, like, this creature woman with, like, a, she's got, like, a weird, like, sort of like a, not a cow, but it's not a monster head with horns and, uh, and wings. Um, but I went down this rabbit hole of just, like, thinking about, oh, what if my character paints outside and he sees these goblins, you know? Um, it doesn't even have
1: to, it's not even in the script. But that's just my little thing, you yeah. know. Um. Ama- I'd love to see your paintings uh, because, uh, as you remember, I—I I, was that a year or two ago. I sent you that link to Fanta Graphics. Remember that? I was like, Oh yes, oh yes, yes, yes Imagining yes, yes. your drawings being published by them, I think it could be oh, amazing as a graphic novel. Uh, I don't know, book, whatever you—be your call, you know. Dude, you know what?
0: I think I will contact them. You know, and at the very least what I'll do is I'll send them two links to my first two sketchbooks. I'll say, look, here are two things I self-published already. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of other sketchbooks. You know, I don't know if you guys
1: publish just sketchbooks, but hell, you know. I think they do. I, I know they do uh, comics for adults, you know, like graphic novels, that kind of thing. Uh, I want to say, yeah, they, they were the ones who published Ghost World, which was later made, in, adapted into the film with, uh, what, Thora Birch. And Daniel
0: Close is such a wonderful. Scarlett Johansson, right? I just yeah. recently
1: reread. Uh, yeah, he's,
0: he's. Daniel Boring or David Boring.
1: I overuse the word uh, amazing a lot, uh, but he is. That guy is. <laughs> he is. So he's great the real s- deal. It was
0: awesome to see his vision come to come to light. Yeah. So Fantagraphics. Fantagraphics. Yeah. Guys.
1: Yeah, and they published a book, a couple, maybe three years ago, four years ago. Uh, I wish I could remember oh what is it I think it's called oh shit Uh, I think it's called I Love Monsters or something I Like Monsters or something to do with like monsters and it's this woman who I think came of age in Chicago Um, and she's just an incredible uh, storyteller and artist and writer and and visual artist and her stuff had this I don't know just raw visceral uh, texture to it that reminded me of your of your drawings, too. Thank you. And those drawings you did when we were out in uh, Joshua Tree <laughs> years ago. That's right. At Desert Days, I still Days. got those uh, yeah, on my wall. I still right. Got them. The Desert Days Festival. Um, but yeah, I just I, I saw a total <laughs> parallel there, and I was like, I think they would be a good fit. But I don't know. What do I know? You know. It, thank you. Yeah, I would just love to see that.
0: I'll
1: definitely contact him now that I like.
0: You know, and I don't know why I didn't think of, like, just a simple thing of, like, send them an email going, here, you know, here are a couple of links to what I've done
1: before. You know, does this sound like something you'd be interested in? I could, I, yeah. I can send you more. I think they're out of, I want to say they've been based out of Seattle all these years or somewhere in Washington State. Uh, at any rate, they've been, my God, they've been around for, oh, 30 years already, give or take. So they're super, <laughs> you know, established. But I think that would be a great medium for you to get your work out in the, in the Whoa. world. Just really cool and fun. That, that would be fun. Yeah. I love that art. It's I just so good. I I know I sent you the link, but that was yeah, probably like yeah. two or three years ago. Uh, I got to look it up real quick. Fant- oh, I'll look it up under Fantagraphics Monsters. Dude, I
0: just... I totally forgot just how good it felt... To just move the paint around with the paintbrush and mix them together and just make the textures and get my fingers in there and that's great, you know. And then like just relearning about that idea of like trusting that process. That like no matter what, the good news is no matter what something is being created before your very eyes, you know. And if we just stick along with it and we just see where it wants to lead us, then it turns into something. And I think in the beginning when I was when I was painting, I was like looking at this going, I this isn't I don't, I don't like what I'm doing right here so then I'd be like okay let's just get a new canvas and I'd start painting on that like, I, I, so then I would just take the paints that I was using on that and i just use them on this and before I knew it I'm like oh wait hold on I got an idea oh, there's a face we'll just put that there just for kicks and we'll see what that turns into and so it just kind of kept going like that and I had four or five paintings going out once and I would share these colors so they all kind of work with each other and uh, how, how, was long so how long it had it been? How long had
1: it been since you painted? You're right here you're right here at least two years. Oh, wow. All right, I found it. My favorite thing oh. is Monsters. Oh. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, yes.
1: And there's the cover. And you can see, well, the signals kind of uh, poor in here, but uh, hopefully it'll pull it up. And you can see her, the cover of her book. It just really reminds me of your stuff and vice versa. Oh, man. I'm going to pull it up. Let's see. There we go. Oh, oh yes. (laughs) And I I'm I can't remember Uh, her name
0: but Dude, you know what? I I you know what, I need to just put it out there. I'm sure I got friends who already know how to do this kind of stuff. People who are really good with color. People who are good with really colouring in stuff. So that way I can just draw it, you know, draw it. And see what someone does with textures and colors Oh, yeah, hand
1: it over to a colorist. Because, are these on the inside? I think those are the inside panels, yeah. A lot of it's, I think, uh, a bunch of it is black and white in color. Like but Yeah, she's she's just, like, really amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, there's that word again, amazing, oh. but it's true. She, she's, she's an awesome artist. Man, two of those, too. Oh, man. How cool. And I think the story takes place it. like within and without her dreams in the in like 1960s, late 1960s, wow. Chicago. And I think in real life she she either grew up in Chicago or lived there for a while, but but yeah, see and look at that. You can actually see the spiral notebook of her journal. Oh right? my god. Just like yours. You know, you're oh. always doing those oh. where you can tear so them this out. Oh,
0: so this is actually her, her notebook, her actual notebook. So the, the,
1: I think they incorporated the, her actual oh. notebook stuff into the, oh. the book.
0: Dude, I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, I love that because you see, you see the lines on it and everything. Dude, I didn't even notice that at first.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. You can see the ruled lines and the spiral notebook. Uh, There's something the so charming about that <laughs> Seeing the lines on it It just adds a whole other extra texture to yeah, it Yeah, I could be wrong But I think they, they were like Let's do that Let's just make a facsimile of your your journals oh you know, your, your your notebooks Oh my god, that's brilliant And more or less I think that's what flushed out the book wow. I could be wrong Wow, um, wow. I'm going to send You know what? I'm going to text you this again Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Do it right now I'm thinking I should probably bust out of here. Yeah, I know you got you got I'm to get ready for uh, you got to get ready to sail the high seas. It's my first <laughs> time ever being on a cruise. It's like That's awesome. bajillions of little tiny
0: things to, to think about. And we
1: go. I just sent you the Amazon link. Um, hey, oh, thank you. I was only ever on one cruise in my life, and it was a, it was I'll never forget. It was so fun. What was it? It was. Uh, Carnival, I think it was Carnival, but it was definitely the the Caribbean. Went to St. John, St. Martin, and St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. And uh, I was 20 years old. I I threw this massive party that got announced on Brandmeier. Jonathan Brandmeier. It got announced on? It got announced on Brandmeier. And uh, so people came from Wisconsin and Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, uh, Michigan. I mean, literally, people came from all around. Oh, my mention, God. All over Illinois and Chicago. And um, and so just <laughs> we charged money at the gate. There were thousands of people. The next thing you knew, I was like, holy shit. We have enough money to do something significant. And my friend had just become a travel agent at that point. And uh, he's like, let's go on a cruise. So we're all like, what? Like, it wouldn't have even occurred to me. But, uh, but we did it. It was a blast. So I think you guys are going to have just a... Amazing time! Wow! Plus, you're playing. You're playing on it. I mean, Yachtly Crew. That's just going to be the shit. (laughs) How how many days are you guys out at out at out at sea? I think uh, so. It's March first to the sixth. And we
0: have two stops in two different three stops in three different places.
1: Belize, I think they stop in. Wow. It's the part, the party ship. The I, I still am not believing that it's happening. Yacht so. rock cruise.
0: I'll see it when I believe it. Uh, <laughs> I believe <laughs> when I see it. I was gonna say, I
1: was gonna say both. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, I'm a... gonna, gonna get you back so you can pack for your for your cruise. Get packed, get
0: packed for where you'll have to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another delightful experience with Jeffrey Finn. Follow him on the late Jeff Finn on Instagram.
1: Instagram. Thank you, by the way, for the interview. You once again.
0: And you, did, you didn't. You didn't even. You I really didn't. I didn't even ask it. your permission. So thank you for playing. I'm listening to some uh, '60s. Uh, French, what would you call it? British invasion. It's like they're singing British invade. Or no, it's actually French. Yeah, French British invasion so, songs. What a great combo, huh? Uh, I wonder what would happen if the Brits covered uh, French uh, French songs. That'd be pretty cool. So I got it. I just got to uh, put down this idea. This was something that uh, that uh, was not recorded uh, when Jeff and I. Uh, we were sitting in the truck after he dropped me off from eating today, uh, having having breakfast. Uh, I told him about the idea of how the last time I got called in a jury duty, I they you know they say uh, they say the only way you could get out of this is if you actually have your own business. And I said, well. And they said, does anyone want to say something? I said, I do. And I stood up and I said, well, you know, I do work from home, so I wouldn't be coming in. But also I have to say that, you know, uh, I think the whole system is corrupt. My buddy used to work for the city council. He saw how the, the, uh, He saw the inner workings of what went on there. And I know, you know, a lot of stuff is corrupt. And I said, you know, not you personally, I'm sure everything's on the up and up. He goes, yeah, you know, if someone said a $100 bill here on the uh, counter, I I wouldn't even take it. And I said, you know, understandable. I said, I know you got everything on the up and up. I said, but I don't believe in the system. And I said, I have a much better idea as to how to solve this issue. And if anyone wants to talk to me outside, I will happily share those ideas with you. And I said, "Are there any clairvoyance in the audience?" And uh, people like boo, boo. You know, not really saying boo, but just being very disgruntled. It was so funny. And then, uh, so this is my idea. I think I might have said this: is that the people who are the people who are are true uh, to themselves, uh, who you know it's like they're willing to go through this is now I think this would be a great way to revolutionize the court system in a great way for people to uh, it be basically inescapable, you know, not, not, not be able to lie. Plus it would save my method would save lots and lots of money for, for people paying money to go to lawyer college. Uh, It would save people lots, lots of money in hiring lawyers it would save lots and lots of money. You'd have no more need for courthouses, necessarily. Uh, uh, you would no longer be ripping off people who are getting paid only 15 bucks a day to be there. And so, this would alleviate all this. And what it is is this, and I might have said this before. So if you're if you're a financier and this is something you want to do, please get a hold of me. Let's work on this together. I know how it would work. And Jeff said I should make a movie about this. So if you see a movie about this, you know where you heard it here first. Uh, I'll just state it for the record. It is 6.29 p.m. It is uh, the 7th, February... uh, 27th. February 27th. And I'm stating it here for the record. Most likely, write it down, too. So what you do is... You got the innocent party, you got the guilty party. Or... The person blaming the other person. And you go into a room and there's a two-way mirror. So they're in there. It's very calm. There's very calm music playing. And really calm, really calm. The person maybe drinks, you know, some tea, something, some chamomile. Something just really nice and calm. And you get... Uh, someone who's questioning them, and they have a polygraph test they 're hooked up to a polygraph test if they 're in a soundproof you know they 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 cannot hear outside and so as they 're talking to people on the outside you've got clairvoyance you got someone who can see when they 're clairvoyant they see they see images the person who really feels it the empaths the people who hears who hears the sounds of you know, the beyond. Uh, people who basically who are not communication with the guides and, you know, being able to see the past lives and whatnot. Those are who are really tuned into that. Then you got someone who is really good at body language and neuro-linguistic programming. They're reading the body language. They're watching the eye-accessing cues. They're watching all this stuff. They're paying attention to the entomology. The linguistics. The linguistic acrobatics. They're paying attention to this stuff. So each one of them, what what happens is they each are writing down notes, images, sounds, feelings, vibes, you know, body language things. They're noticing, they're writing them down, and then you match it up with what goes on with the, uh, maybe another person just has their back to it. They're not even watching what's going on. They're just listening through the speakers or whatever and so it's very calm and these folks would then they write down all these messages and stuff and then they get to back to each other and they then diagram they then diagram what their experiences were and you record them talking about it then oh this is the next step this is the next step They're brought back into the room. And then, ooh, the discussion is played for those people. Or or they are then questioned, specific questions that are asked by the clairvoyants and the NLP instructor. They're, and then those people, yeah, they're brought back another, maybe another time. Asked very calmly questions. They're watched again by, by uh, maybe a different set of clairvoyants. So you, and then you keep seeing the Venn diagrams. Keep seeing the Venn diagrams. Bam, 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 bam. Maybe you get three sets of clairvoyance each time with different questions with a new level of questions. Ooh. So then the third time the person is brought in there. And each of those times, the polygraph test is used, keep in mind. So then what you do is you go back, you see the Venn Di- diagrams, you go, ah, 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 bam. And you just melt them down, basically. With truth, it's truth. And, um, you know, I don't know what the consequence would be. And so then what they could start to do is they go back through the jails. They go back through every single... They do that to every inmate everywhere. And they weed out who is innocent, who is guilty. And they let the ones who are innocent, they let them go free. The ones who are guilty... Um, oh, you know what? What if that's what it was? Instead of... Like a jail, jail. These people are put into a room full of mirrors, unbreakable mirrors. So they have to look at themselves from all angles, all directions. They have to look. At, they have to look at themselves from all all directions. And and deal with. You know that's that's in a sense that would be like their, the equivalent of their. Uh, isolation. What is it called? Isolation chamber or uh Solitude so they see they're like looking at themselves bam and they have to write down oh maybe they write down what their thoughts are. Maybe every day there's a piece of paper slid under their door that they have to fill out and give back. And when they fill out this stuff, they, you know, maybe days are taken off their sentence. Each day they fill out new, new things. Bam, what did you learn today? What would you do differently? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? Uh, You know, you just keep dialing it in, dialing it in, so these people have to look at themselves. Maybe the room is really like a room full of mirrors. You get the regular mirror, you get the crooked mirrors, you get the sideways mirrors. So it's like it shows them the different perspectives of themselves and, and enables them to really choose which one they really actually associate with, which one they, you know, which ones. And then they start seeing pieces of themselves in all the other ones. So then they can't go, well, I can't disassociate with that. I can't unidentify with that. I identify with all these little pieces of them, not just one or the other, All all these little aspects. I like this aspect here. I like that aspect there. I like this aspect here. Bam, 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 bam. And then maybe they're put into a room full of encouraging people for a week. Maybe then they're placed in areas where, you know, like a halfway house type of thing that's very encouraging, that's nowhere near where they used to live. You know, something like that. So it might be cool. So those are my ideas. And uh, you're once again listening to Inspirato Projecto.